It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, who are you? I'm you. From the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Ever since hopes of silverware are gone for another year, they'll be in 2-0 by Manchester City at Goodison Park in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup tonight. Uh, good effort from the lads, but came up against uh, a really good side and ultimately their quality proved to be the difference. Joining me now, Rob Vera, Dave Downey. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you first, mate. I sort of just put on Twitter there. I went into that game expecting nothing and then by 60 minutes I was in the this is going to really hurt if it doesn't go our way sort of territory because the lads seem to pour everything into it. But it just feels like one of them, you've got to just sort of suck it up and say they had world-class players coming off the bench and we didn't really have anyone coming off. And I think that proved to be the difference in the end, didn't it? Well, if you recall after the Chelsea game, Matt, I was uh, pretty averse to that sort of attitude. After a game against quality opposition, I thought Everton could have done a hell of a lot more. Um here tonight, I'm not sure they could have, and, and I think that's a testament to how Carlo Ancelotti set this up tonight. Uh, he did, as usual, making it about five margins, and, and there were a couple where Everton could have profited from and actually took the lead in the game. Um, they frustrated City for large parts. I'm sure that's what you'll hear from Pep Guardiola, how, how tough of a task it was for his players tonight. Um, normally, I don't buy into any of that sort of rhetoric and, and, and pats on the back and stuff like that, but I don't think Everton could have done much more in order to try and get themselves in the semi-finals of the FA Cup tonight. And they were really good performances all over the pitch. Um, in terms of playing as a team and how we want them to play as a team, look, we're a million miles away from that, but that's full of mit- mitigating circumstances, injuries, um, you know, per- key personnel out, um, not being able to overly rely on certain players in the team because they have their own limitations as well. So, um it was a fine effort from Everton tonight and, and and I'm pleased with the display on another night. You know, you don't get it cleared off the line. You, Richarlison makes the pass instead of shooting when he has a team left-footed shot when he could have slid one of our players in. Um, 
certain moments in the game which Ancelotti made into moments Everton were on the wrong side of. Um, to lose 2-0, it wasn't a 2-0 game. So I think City probably deserved it by the old goal um, at, at, at the very most. I think maybe we, we could feel hard done by that we didn't get it to extra time and possibly penalties. I think many of us would have taken that outcome at the start if we're honest with ourselves. Um, so yeah, a, a good effort, but another difficult one to take, isn't it? Because it, it, it is back to that old adage of X amount of years without the trophy and not reaching Wembley and stuff like that. But I suppose on the bright side, and I put sort of tongue-in-cheek on Twitter, if you're not going to make make Wembley, don't make Wembley where nobody can go and watch. So <laughs> that's a sort of solace, rather tragically, I'm taking from this. Uh, Rob, how are you feeling after that, mate? Um, probably a little from you know your column A, Matt, and a little from Dave's column B, just from the standpoint that I think, like you, I, I started to kind of believe a little bit as the game went on um, and thought, well, maybe we can drag this into extra time or whatever. I don't know, get, get the odd bounce. But the bounce never came. And in fact, City got a bounce or two that just went their way as well. And, and they're just better. And when you can bring Kevin De Bruyne off the, the bench, it's just it's – it just feels like a universe uh, apart in terms of, of what your prospects are. But having said all that, you, you have to admit, I mean, if for those of you who, who watched every minute of that, you have to admit that it was a really inspired, enjoyable defensive performance all around. And I, and when I say all around, I mean, every player on the pitch seemed pretty committed uh, to the cause tonight. Um, if, if anything, they, they not only frustrated city, but, um, at times they seemed almost comfortable in the way they were frustrating city at the, at the beginning of the game thought they protected Jal Virginia. Well, um, I, I thought that, uh, Andre Gomez was, was decent in midfield tonight. Um, I, I, I didn't really think anyone played that bad. Um, I thought, I thought defensively Ben Godfrey is, you know, he's a, he's some kind of weird cyborg center half, you know, bought from Blade Runner or whatever, sent to, sent back to the past or whatever to play in uh, play for Everton. He's amazing. Um, I thought Yerry Mina was good, uh, especially given that it, has it been a month that he's been out? I don't think he's played a minute in, in a yeah. month or so. I thought that was pretty good. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, I think you just – you you see that even if we kind of have one of those renaissance nights where we're kind of like a David Moyes uh, peak level Everton team in terms of the effort and all of those things, um, I just don't think we're there yet in terms of, of being able to to convert that defensive effort into offensive transition, into final balls, into scoring. And, and until we can get there, these types of results are probably inevitable, but it was really hard to fault any of the effort tonight when you when you realize how much you're missing. You're down to your third goalkeeper. You're missing so much talent uh, in in James Rodriguez and Decore, who I'm becoming increasingly convinced is the one player we can't do without. Um, he's his presence just is missed so much. So, um, you know, when you're missing that much and 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 you're in that kind of position, I think you just have to hope bounces bounces go your way. And it just wasn't that way for for Everton tonight. Yeah, I think, Dave, it's, I felt like when it, 
we sort of got to 70 and a sort of thought we would we were doing well and it, it, it you know as you mentioned there it was that sort of game that we've won at times this season where it was you know on a fine margin like a, a set piece or you know one of our players doing something really good to to get us over the line but it, I just felt as though in the 15 minutes before they scored from 70 to to 85 is when they brought Mares on. They had like a nice little pass and move down the, the right hand side. I think which Foden had, you know, last a shot wide. Obviously Virginia makes that save. It, it just felt like in in that 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 point in the game, it's, it's so obvious and such a straightforward point to make. But you just felt like we, we could have done with at least one lad on the bench, seemingly who the manager could have trusted to bring on. But you know, Tom Davis could have been that. Not sure why he didn't get on, especially with some of our midfielders on a yellow card. I thought that was a bit peculiar. But apart from him, you sort of got the sense that. He looked at the options behind him, Carlo, and thought, "Is there would have trust a Awobi to come on into this setup and defend well? Probably not. The rest of them are kids. The other, the others, you know, Michael Keane's a centre back. You're not going to bring him on in that position either. And you know, if you could could even bring on like a Josh King there or a Bernard or you know a Hamez, if we're being a little bit greedy in that sense. But it just felt like they got to seventy and they did hit a bit of a wall." Yeah, because there was no outlet, was there? And, that, and that's that's a real issue when you're playing Manchester City. I think where they sent probably sense blood, Matt, was around that time where that that relentless nature that they have in terms of turning the ball over constantly, just churning out pass after pass after pass, it, it felt a little bit attritional, which probably played into our hands a little bit. But then afterwards, when they regained their stride, there was nothing Everton could do about it. It was literally just a, a matter of time. I think from a City perspective, um, normally in, in those games, I think where Everton have found success is your opposition get frustrated by the fact they can't break you down. And then ultimately that's when they crack. They'll try something different and that's when Everton can capitalise, maybe get, oh, I'm pitch black now, I'm gone. I need to move a bit. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit, of a bit of a metaphor for our season. That I think, I think the light- Oh my God. <laughs> The light's going out. The light's going out on Everton's FA Cup campaign. I'll carry on talking in the dark. I don't mind. Um, Can I just point out that on the post-match this season, Dave has been valued for money for entertainment. (laughs) Absolutely. There we go. He's back. He's back again now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so the... The point I was making is... Are you going to have to get up again in 10 minutes and wave your hand around to, I think, to I trigger think, the sensor? I think I might do. I think I might do, yeah. yeah. I might just throw something. Um, but the, the, the point, this, for people who used to watch us in the summer, um, this is the Doctor Who room. You remember the BBC tours that they do? They've turned it into like, what looks something like an operational room from the Death Star. It's just like pitch black around here. And presumably they want it pitch black as well when they turn the lights off when I'm talking. But... Um, yeah, I think when you have a team of that relentless nature, the, the, the sort of idea is from Everton's perspective is when they get bored, when they get frustrated with that sort of relentless uh, pressure they have on the ball trying to penetrate you, you will get your break. You'll get at some point, you'll have earned that chance to maybe move forward yourself and try and nick that one on the goal. That's the whole point in this sort of fine margin football that Ancelotti has us playing against better opposition. It just didn't happen with them. And, and that's why they're so good because... They have such faith in what they're doing. The manager has such faith in what they're doing that they will keep doing it. They will literally keep bombarding you with the same ideas, the same pressure on the ball, the same pressure when they rarely lose the ball. And in turn, that turns, I think, you know, sort of mentally, it turns that on its head. And as Everton thinking, how do we get out of this? How do we possibly get a foothold in this game whilst we're doing this? And 
Sadly, I think you're spot on, Matt. I don't think we had that individual on the bench who you put on to change that in any sort of way. If you've got nobody on there who'll pin them back, you've got nobody on there who maybe takes... Like, look how high up the pitch Laporte was, and he, he was a key part in one of the goals. You have nobody there to pin him back. They're, they're more than happy to sit 1v1 against the Calvert-Lewin or a Charleston on the halfway line because they back themselves that much. And you can't do anything about it when it's like that. And, and, and sadly, I think the inevitable happened in the end. It was an ominous feeling. Um, a couple of times when we had the old free kick or corner, I thought, you've got to make the most of this here. Unfortunately, we didn't. And, you know, yeah, Virginia, I think you have to sing, single him out for praise. I thought he was fantastic mm. tonight. Actually, I think laid down the gauntlet for the, the two goalkeepers that we have. Because this is a young man that's been with us quite some time, but not really got his fair crack of the whip in terms of getting a chance. And I think he, he was probably man of the match for me tonight from an Everton point of view anyway. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth focusing on him, Rob. And I just quite like his attitude as well. You know, I think I'm sort of thinking today about what you'd be thinking today and how he would have slept and what his approach to the game would have been last night. And I think it was really interesting that when he walked on the pitch at the start, he seemed really pumped up and was like, you know, speaking to all the players, sort of, you know, had quite an aggressive demeanour to him. And I think he he sort Mm -hmm. of carried that throughout the game. And, you know, I suppose in some senses, you could say that this was a bit of a free hit for him because... Jordan Pickford will probably come back in again after the international break if he's fit and you know he had the chance to seize his opportunity. But but like Dave said, um, some outstanding saves. I mean, the one before City's opening goal will be forgotten about because they ultimately scored from it. But that's it's an incredible fingertip stop to, to put it onto the bar. Uh, yeah, the, that save uh, was one of those that when you first saw it live, you were like, did he? Did he get a? touch on that and then they show the they show the replay and you realize just how amazing the save was it was incredible um yeah I thought I thought you could given the circumstances you could not have asked for more from from uh Virginia uh coming into his first start for Everton being in this moment uh, against that side uh with uh, a huge, you know, lens on the game nationally and so on. I mean, I think that it was incredible to see him kind of step up and and look comfortable and look uh, into it. And you know, he may be one of those guys just to psych himself up a bit. And and that that may just be something that's about jitters for a game like this. That's his first, but. Um, at the same time, you have to be encouraged. And it's going to be interesting now to consider what you need to do with Virginia if he continues to, let's just say, uh, let's just say he starts uh, the first game out of the international break. No one is expecting that, but let's just say that there's a persistence of injury or what have you. Um, if he puts together a few good games, then, and, and we're out of the trophy business, <laughs> you know, I think some people might want to see him. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think that the, the the overall way that Carlo approached um, needing to protect Virginia and needing to kind of protect um, to protect uh, the, the box was was really well done and it was well thought out. And, and ultimately, it was just a bit of uh, a lack of luck at, time, uh, at the end and, and kind of the overwhelming quality of city that that ultimately, uh, you know, undid uh, Virginia and undid us. But I thought he was outstanding. Um, I think for Everton moving forward, they can look at games like this and realize that that at times, as much as we talk about performance and wins, that you have to consider what performances and losses look like and, and really innate, use those types of examples to really point to 
what you're doing well, but what you're ultimately missing. And I think that with Everton, we've discovered this season that Everton um, are capable of playing a really a pretty high level defensive game in these types of scenarios where they're not going to have the ball a lot. They've won a lot of games against uh, more offensively skilled sides doing that. But what they lack, and, and Dave mentioned this before, I mean, I think we all know it, is they, they lack quite a bit still in midfield. They lack uh, quite a bit in terms of chance creation and some finishing and just things that that ultimately have to to get better and 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 when you play a team like city that's going to be the best opportunity for you to see what that gap is and where you need to improve and so i'm trying to to be encouraged by today in terms of the effort but also to kind of use this as as a a gauge to how far we we still have to go yeah um just as well dave one of the player wanted to mention uh briefly before we Obviously, wrap up tonight. Uh, ben Godfrey, and Rob mentioned there, it's supposed to be a robot from the future who'd come back. I mean, he gets a bit caught out for the second goal. I think De Bruyne obviously gets the run on him after the ball breaks down. But I thought just in general play tonight, up until that point, he was he was magnificent. He covered those mm-hmm. channels which City play in so well with his pace and his, his reading of the game. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he's, he's the one at centre back. Having played a, a left back and right back earlier in the season. Since he's been moved to centre back, he's not really been moved out of that position, as you know. Obviously, it was Michael Keane that made way tonight, and it feels as though it feels very quickly as though he's the the fellow that's going to play there with potentially fewer around him. Absolutely, um, and he wouldn't have looked out of place in in the opposition side tonight. I think that is uh, probably the biggest compliment you can play to him. I think he he's got everything you want from a centre half. He's decent in possession. He can run out with the ball. I think he's everything you want your modern day centre half to be all rolled into one, to be honest, Matt, because neither, I think there's an obsession, isn't there? Particularly from sides like City, you need to have that ball playing or two ball playing centre-half so you can bring the ball out. You look at Laporte, you look at Diaz, both comfortable on the ball. Rolls-Royce is the phrase I think gets used a lot uh, about players of their ilk. I think Ben Godfrey's probably in that category, to be honest, because he has class and assurance and composure on the ball, but he loves to get stuck in as well. Um, you know, th- th- there's a certain side to modern day footballers, I think, where I think maybe John Stones might have been accused of this, certainly up until this season in his sort of renaissance recently. That there's defenders that don't like to tackle, which sounds quite strange, but I, I think many people might get what I mean there. I used to have a friend who is a massive Liverpool fan. He used to tell me about Daniel Lager. He was an excellent ball playing centre half but hated to challenge. He hated to tackle. He hated sort of when it got to 50-50s and nitty-gritties. He was a, what he said was like a soft shoe player. He loved it when the conditions were nice and bright, pitches immaculate, and he could bring the ball out and he side has 70-odd possession. Um, obviously, there's players that fit that. City, he'd, be abs- he'd absolutely walk into that <laughs> side, a player like Daniel Agger. But for me, Godfrey is such a hybrid of everything you want from your modern-day centre-half in the attributes that he brings to the game. Loves an aerial challenge, brilliant in the air. Loves a, a tackle on the floor, as we know. Seems to be his sort of what, what he feeds off. He he loves a 50-50. He loves an opportunity to take the ball and then maybe leave a little bit in on the player. Not in a overly aggressive way that's going to result in the, the opposition breaking the leg, but he's aggressive in the tackle. And uh, there's far too few players like him, not only at Everton, mate, but also further afield. I think he's a bit of a real throwback with that touch of sort of modern discipline about how he conducts himself on the pitch. Um, and already you, you look at him and you think he's a he's a player that will be desired by a lot of top teams. I think Matt Everton have secured a real asset in Ben Godfrey. What was it, 20-odd million? 
a lot of people would have raised, bang on, wasn't it, I think, yeah. A lot, lot of people have raised their eyebrows at that from Norwich, Championship side, and that much Premier League experience. All of a sudden, we're at the back end of this season, now looking at him thinking, how doesn't Gareth Southgate take this lad to uh, to the Euros? I know he hasn't been included in the latest squad, which is fine by me, by the way. Um, but I think he's destined for really big things in his career, Godfrey, and hopefully he achieves them with us. But I tell you what, Matt, there'll be a lot of eyes on him. There'll be a lot of eyes on him. Wouldn't surprise me if he went the Euros, um, but he'll have he'll have suitors all over the place. So, you know, you you look at assets, and we're always talking about players with potential sell-on value and whatnot. What would you pay for Ben Godfrey now? It's uh, it's certainly more than what we paid for him. It's probably double, treble what we paid for him. Yeah, uh, Rob, do you want to speak any more about Godfrey? Um, I mean, I think Dave hits all the the major points. Um, Godfrey is is someone who I, I keep saying this because I, I think that obviously his future is as uh, hopefully a long future with Everton is as a center half. But you see the way he plays. You see just the the amazing pace that he possesses, and and that combination that combined with his aggressiveness. It's just. It's such a rare, it's a more rare combination than I think we often realize uh, that there are players defensively who have to kind of make the best of what strengths they have. Uh, but he's one of those guys that doesn't really appear to have any major weaknesses. And, and really, you look at him now, and I think what excites me is that I still see, uh, given his age and everything else, I still see a ceiling that's pretty high for him. And, and, and that's a, that's a scary proposition to Dave's point. We can, we can ponder what that means for his future, but I'm trying to live season to season more uh, with, with this cast of characters that we've got. And I think that I'm going to enjoy Godfrey um, while we've got him. But I also think that he's going to be one of those players that's going to be targeted for a new contract really early into his very first contract with Everton. Um, but he was outstanding tonight. He's been outstanding. And I think going forward, uh, it's going to be it, it's it is interesting to me what the uh, kind of preferred a partnership with Godfrey is going to be and maybe the whole notion of preferred partnerships is becoming more antiquated I'm not sure because you see so many teams that rotate at least three and if Everton make Europe you you can see Godfrey playing uh, with a variety of different players and a variety of different formations because he can play in all of them um, and and so it's it's just it's exciting to know uh, who he's going to play with and how he's going to play uh, but knowing that he's going to be the first name on the eleven. Uh, knowing that he's going to be someone who makes a real difference in Everton bridging that gap. I, I think it's incredibly exciting and, and uh, hopefully we can keep him for a long time. Yeah. looks like we've got a good one, doesn't it? Uh, just very quickly before we wrap up tonight, a bit shorter than usual because um, I don't know if he's, well, Dave's got to get off. And we've got one question, Rob, from Seb Vera asking what's in the, the cup. <laughs> what's in the cup? Oh, this is Not just Evan. water. Oh, just Dave. Water. I'm literally just drinking water. Not Liverpool uh, either. There we go. <laughs> but uh, just just for both of you, really, obviously we've got a, a two-week break now. Um, Crystal Palace after the international break. Dave, like, as you said, you were very full of perspective after that Chelsea game, uh, probably less so after the Burnley, the Burnley game. But um, how are you feeling about the, the campaign as a whole? Now, obviously, the FA Cup dream is over. Um, I suppose... What happened tonight, you can't really imagine we'll have too much bearing on what goes forward, what happens going forward in the league. But it'll be nice to have some lads potentially back fit after the yeah. break, won't it? And, um, you know, it's, 
that, that, that Crystal Palace game has got is absolutely must underlined in bold capital letters win, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think we're at that stage now, aren't we? If, we? if we've still got Champions League ambitions, we're five points off that with a game in hand. Look, there's still massive amounts of things to play for um, for Everton this season, whether that be Europa League or Champions League. The, the international break's coming at an, an excellent time for us. It would have been nice to go into that, having, having been able to look forward to, well, the players having a trip to Wembley. Sadly, that's not to, meant to be, but you look at the players we have to get back, Matt. We are down to the bare bones. Um, I mean, Carlo Ancelotti's biggest achievement tonight was still managing to get two goalkeepers on the bench, despite having two goalkeepers injured and one starting as well. Um, you know, we're, we're fine in the goalkeeping department. Anyone wants to take one on loan, I wouldn't happily see that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you have to look at this break coming at a really good time. I think Palace, there are at least a dozen sides... I wouldn't rather have coming to good as soon as the first game back uh, after the international break. Hopefully nobody gets injured on that and we're, we've got a full quota of players to choose from um, for, the, for this crucial running because that's it then, isn't it? I mean, it's three international games for most countries and then it's uh, it's full steam ahead to the summer um, and, and that race for the top four, race for the top six, whatever it ends up being. I suppose as well, a little bit of a saving grace is Manchester City probably go on and win the FA Cup now. Um if, if all things are equal, you would suggest they've got the best team by a mile left in the Chelsea might cause them problems, but you'd still expect them to win it. Um, you'd expect them to beat Spurs in the League Cup, which would mean that the Europa League position, because I'm not interested in the other thing, the Europa League, that's not the Champions League, by the way, I mean the conference, <laughs> um, the, the Europa League will go down to seventh if, uh, if City win both of them. And I think Everton have got more than enough uh, in in their side to stay within within the top seven at the very very least, um, and and the Champions League positions are still there. Matt, nothing's changed. We we berated them for the defeat against Burnley, but Chelsea and I think Chelsea and Liverpool are the only side to make up ground. We've still got the game in hand on Liverpool, um, and Chelsea only got a point uh, from their last fixture as well. So all is not lost when it comes to that. Um, and if Everton can regroup and and make the most of this time off to get legs back and to be able to get their fitness up and players be able to recover, recuperate and mentally recharge the batteries. It's still there. It's absolutely still there. So yeah, I'm still I'm still optimistic. I'm still looking forward to the end of the season. And to date, I think we've had a really good, solid campaign that if you put it in perspective, you can't really moan about considering where we were going into this season. That horrendous end to the uh, the project restart season. Everton in a really good place, and I'm excited about the future. Rob, just uh, share that positivity going forward, obviously on what is a, a disappointing night, ultimately. Yeah, I think I do. Um, I think that I'm, I try to be kind of big picture, long perspective guy, and I think Dave pretty much nails it, that if you, if you really consider all the factors, you consider the longer arc of time, um, this has been a pretty solid season given what we've been able to spend or not spend or what, you know, compared to, to some of these other sides. But um, I think we've made real progress. I know that that uh, the flaws uh, and the, the areas of improvement and the areas of the pitch where we need to make additions, those things are pretty obvious, which that's not a bad, a bad combination to have, which is having a better season than the last, which hopefully we... we end in a position like that 
and, and also knowing exactly what you need to do to address it and having some, you know, some potential avenues for bringing in some revenue from sales of, of people like of players like Moise Keen and what have you. I mean, I, I, I do tend to think that Carlo Ancelotti being this committed as he seems to be to, to um, you know, this current iteration of Everton, the project, whatever you want to call it, uh, and the fact that we're going to have money in a new stadium to go to, to go into. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I think you have to kind of keep that longer term perspective in there when you're evaluating uh, where Everton currently is. But I'm like Dave, I'm, I'm ultimately optimistic about this thing. And um, I'm kind of like the players. I'm really looking forward to a nice break. But when, <laughs> when they get back, uh, I'll, I think I'll still have that same op- optimism going forward as well. <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed. I think they'll definitely benefit from a break. Uh, obviously, we'll have loads of reactions to this this week coming up on the Blue Room and the Blue Room Extra and tons of coverage over the international break as well. But yeah, thanks very much for tuning in, whether you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're listening to us on the podcast tonight. Uh, disappointment for the Blues in the FA Cup, but it is open that uh, going forward, you can get that Premier League campaign back on track. Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you again very soon. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store, it's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.